This is FemPower Health. Each week, top women's health experts dispel fact from fiction. The most important pelvic floor exercise is not the Kegel. Challenge the status quo. It's never easy to challenge the accepted leaders, and especially if you're a woman. Provide perspective on why your healthcare journey may be so tough. All of that fear and worry, it all upregulates our nervous system, puts us into fight or flight mode, and increases our pain sensitivity. And what you can do about it. The number one thing is you have to advocate for yourself, and you have to be prepared. Your journey to get empowered starts now. Hi, Georgie here. In today's episode, I interviewed Tom Smith. He is the CEO of Daddy, which is a male fertility company. And given that fertility does take two and women do tend to play a fairly significant role when it comes to men's health, I wanted to make sure you all had this information at your fingertips. And what I enjoyed about getting to know Tom is his background actually comes from working at Apple. And as you know, Apple really does understand the consumer, and he's translating that expertise into transforming the consumer experience when it comes to male fertility. So definitely a lot of really interesting insights from him and uh, what Daddy is doing for male fertility. So take a listen. But before we dive in, I did want to share a couple of updates. One, if you can believe it, season one is almost coming to a close. We've got two more episodes left after this one. I'd like to ask three quick things of you. One, if you have any guests that you want me to have on the podcast next year or have ideas for topics, please email me at georgie at fempower-health.com. Second is please follow me on Instagram at fempowerhealth because I'll be doing a lot of engagement over the coming weeks, especially before season two begins. And I wanted to make sure that all of my listeners are involved in building Fempower Health into an even more amazing podcast. And last but not least, please do share the FemPower Health podcast with your friends. I truly do believe that if we women all take a stand when we go to our doctor's offices and ask the right questions and are armed with the right information, that's really how we're going to transform women's health. But we all need to join forces on this effort. And now a quick message from the sponsor of this episode. It's called Hum Nutrition. And to help boost your well-being in ways that you need it most, you can take their quick quiz and get individualized product recommendations from their team of registered dietitians. And the products can help boost your skin, your body, your hormones, and keep your mood in balance. And I took the quiz myself, and I thought it was really helpful. And there were a few products that were recommended to me, and I'm really excited to give them a try. And you can use my code FEMPOWER and get 15% off your first order of $29 or more. And plus, you can have a subscription plan and it has chic packaging, and it's insanely easy to stay on top of your daily dosage. And so you can check out the show notes for details. Um, you can also go to their website at humnutrition.com. And again, remember to use the code FEMPOWERHEALTH for 15% off your first order. Alrighty, I'm done talking. Now let's talk to Tom and learn more about Daddy. The genesis for the the Daddy idea and the company actually had when a friend of mine was uh, very suddenly diagnosed with cancer. Kind of learned about the male fertility journey through that lens. And then when I turned 30, I went and got a physical. And really through that experience, uh, the doctor never asked me about my reproductive health. Um, and it was through that lens, along with uh, my good friend, that started thinking about the, the concept of daddy and ultimately planning to, to build the service. So as though, although I don't come from a medical background, 
I think the kind of technological and operational background for myself and members of the team, you know, really helped to, to spawn this, this new generation of service. Let's talk about what Daddy Kit is and the purpose mm -hmm. that it serves in the market. And then we can dive into kind of helping people understand where the challenges are and, and how Daddy Kit can help. Yeah, absolutely. So Daddy is a male fertility company. Uh, we focus on sperm testing and storage. We have our Daddy Kit. Uh, which is an at-home sperm collection kit. So it gets delivered to a, um, a member or customer's home. Uh, they collect in the comfort and security and now safety of their home, um, hand their kit to FedEx. Within 24 hours, they receive a complete fertility report. Uh, we give all of our customers a year of free storage. And then if they decide they want to continue to store, it's an annual storage fee of, of $99. Um, our total kit which is the kit and the fertility report and the year of storage is $199. Um, and this is basically an order of magnitude more affordable than the existing industry. Uh, so if you were to go into a physical sperm bank and um, collect, get tested and then store for a year, that'll cost you in the territory of around $1,500. Um, so really what daddy's trying to do is not only uh, modernize uh, male fertility testing and storage by um, focusing on the at home or the sheltered in place collection experience, uh, but we're also trying to make it much more accessible and that comes through price um, and awareness and, and that those are two big focuses that we that we have today and what i really like about how the industry is shifting when it comes to fertility male or female is there's so many people who've had experiences similar to yours like for example fempower health originated because of my um, very, very long fertility journey to have a child. And I was later in my journey, I think I was like 36 when I was starting. And, um, you know, there's a lot of gaps in knowledge and awareness and process and cost. I mean, you name it, there are the gaps. And it, it's the consumers who are going through the experiences who are creating the, the transformation. Tell us like, why, why does it matter outside of the obvious of fertility? Like why should a man need to store his sperm and, and, and use something like a daddy kit? Cause there's a lot of um, consumer at home testing as well, which we'll dive into later. In the simplest terms, there, there's kind of two primary reasons. I think on a, on a macro level, what we're seeing is that male fertility levels over the last 40 years have consistently been declining. When you look at the literature and the research on the subject, they aren't able to point to any a single factor, but ultimately it's lifestyle, it's environmental, it's a number of things that are leading to this occurrence. And the kind of data point that they publicly um, tout is over the last 40 years, if you look at the, on a generational level, my father was 50% more fertile than I am today. And what that means is they had, he had 50% more sperm than a typical individual of, of my generation, for example. So inherently male fertility counts continue to go down. Uh, and what this is leading to is kind of a compounding nature. So along with kind of fertility um, continuing to decrease, couples are waiting longer and longer to have children. That's classically referred to as kind of economic infertility, which is the primary reason that couples wait is they wanna make sure that they're in a financially stable position before having children. And that bar is continually being raised. So what we're seeing today is that one in seven couples can't get pregnant through natural means. And what that means is after a year of trying to get pregnant, they're unable. When those proactive couples go into a fertility center, for example, and get tested, what you actually quickly discover is that 33% of the root cause of that infertility between the couple was female factor. 33% of that root cause of the infertility was male factor and 33% unknown. So of known cases of infertility between a couple, 50% could be attributed to the man. 
And what's so interesting about this, and, and it's something that, that we even didn't fully understand when we first started building up the service, is when you look at society in general and you ask people about the subject of infertility, especially is it a female-related um, issue, almost exclusively people believe it's a female-related issue, when in reality it's not. And a big part of what we're trying to do at Daddy is through education and awareness, we're trying to normalize this and help couples understand and society in general understand that fertility takes two and infertility is plagued by both. Um, and we hope to kind of readjust kind of all the, the misplaced uh, pressure that's been put on women and reallocate it to, to, to the male side as well. It's great to see that you're doing this because what's also been happening, I've noticed, because now it's been about 10 years since my own journey began, is the amount of awareness that is being created because I was in a unique situation where I happened to go to my OBGYN, just had my annual exam and she asked me some questions. I never worried about fertility struggles, so I didn't have any complaints or concerns because my family's extremely fertile and she just took some tests. I didn't know you could even do these sorts of tests. She calls me up the next day and says, go to a fertility doctor. I hadn't even started trying. And so right away, my husband was tested because we were at a fertility clinic. Mm-hmm. So that's another question I'd like to um, discuss in this process so that people are aware. The definition of infertility, you alluded to part of it, is if you're over 35 and you've been trying for six months or more, that's a, a definition. And then if you are under 35 and have been trying for a year or more, that's when you typically go to see a, a doctor. And at some point they may recommend a reproductive endocrinologist. In that process, I have found at least, and I haven't done a deep analysis, and maybe you can talk about this more, is that it's usually once you go to the reproductive endocrinologist where the men get tested. Up front, you have couples who may not know that that's the information. A lot of them are scared to see a doctor. Some of them only go to an OBGYN. The men are not going to their doctor. It's the women. And if the OBGYN doesn't say, go to a reproductive endocrinologist or your spouse should get tested, there's a huge gap. So tell us a little bit more about what you've seen since you, you deal with this specifically so much more than I would. Maybe validate and add some color to that. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you know, women in, in family planning matters typically take the front seat. And I think if you look in general, you know, men have a tendency to exist in this kind of ignorance is bliss type of environment, especially when it comes to medical. Um, and what this leads to is when there is an issue between a couple, Um, Really, the female factor almost gets discovered in its entirety before the male factor is even um, examined at all. And when you think about the process by which daddy has created, masturbating at home and pointing into a cup and putting it in the mail and then getting a report back 24 hours later is significantly easier. Uh, Now in today's context, safer, uh, more affordable, and frankly, less stressful than anything um, on the female side. And a big part of what we're trying to promote, because we are seeing this trend exactly, is this idea of evaluating male factor first. Just because it's so much easier and so much more cost effective, and given it's important in this infertility calculation, it really should be discovered first. And that is a big trend that we're trying to ultimately promote. There's so many consumer-facing companies when it comes to male fertility testing. They each test for the different things. Even in the, the female fertility space, there's at-home testing for hormones. And you know, in talking to medical experts, um, one of the things that has become a question is, how does the consumer decide 
what, what they do at home, which thing to choose to do at home, and then when to go to a doctor. The actual daddy kit itself is a, is a pretty unique piece of technology. Um, so we patented it heavily. And what it ultimately does is inside of the box, it creates a thermal environment that's conducive to keeping the sperm alive for the journey back to the lab. When it arrives at our lab, we conduct complete fertility testing. So that's all of the kind of, you know, typical and normal KPIs of male fertility, which is sperm count and motility and volume um, and pre-freeze modal sperm. Um, but we also do advanced testing, which is uh, morphology. Now, morphology is interesting because uh, it is actually classified as a diagnostic. Um, and when you have a diagnostic, the at-home requirements for completing that service are different depending on your state. So certain states allow for um, direct access testing, meaning a, a customer or a member can order it directly and, and we can fulfill. In other cases, um, we actually need a physician to approve that order. And again, in our pursuit of trying to make this service normalized and more accessible and, and easier to understand, we built a complete digital process for that. So in the event that you're located in a, a non-DAT state, we actually have a, a physician that's powered by Win Fertility, who's one of our trusted partners, who actually reviews uh, that request, approves it. When the report comes in, that physician will then, again, review the entire report. And then we actually link each individual customer up with a registered nurse who can then perform um, a detailed diagnostic review and then talk about next steps if that's something that's of interest. FemPower Health is pleased to partner with the upcoming FemTech and Consumer Innovation Summit. The summit is the latest deep dive event, part of the Women's Health Innovation Series, looking to tackle this growing sector of women's health, having had continental success in driving innovation, investment, research, and partnerships in traditional women's health care by bringing together critical stakeholders. Join us in New York on June 7th and 8th as we channel this success into the consumer sector of women's health. Visit www.femtechconsumerinnovation.com to view the superstar speaker lineup and enter code FEMPOWER15 for 15% off your ticket. Hope to see you there. So we've really tried to port the in-lab experience and, and lose no level of medical standard, no, no, lose no medical uh, level of service but poured it all with the ability to do it at home. Um, and that's a key differentiator. There are services that allow you to test your sperm at home. Typically involves a pretty uh, cumbersome and awkward process of handling your semen um, and running it through a number of different uh, contraptions. Ultimately, we felt from the very start of this that we wanted to operate at the highest medical standard. We want trained lab techs using the latest technology to actually complete the fertility report. For, for all of my startup friends who are listening, you've done your MVP very well. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, 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 I mean, that's the exact approach. I mean, for us, what's so interesting is, again, we come from kind of a technical background. And in our arena, uh, kind of a pace of innovation is really the, the, the key differentiator between different companies and groups. When we looked at the subject in the, in the industry of fertility, it's pretty much been stagnant for 40 years. 
Um, there's been almost no development when it comes to the way that uh, customers are ultimately serviced. And there's been no change in the underlying business model. And we just saw an opportunity to bring the, the tenants that exists in a lot of kind of leading product and, and service companies and bringing it to this space. So virtually almost a year from when we launched our first kit, we had our second generation kit in the market. Um, and that contained a whole number of, of product improvements and uh, security improvements that were just focused on trying to create the best, best customer experience. And we're not stopping. For us, we're looking at ahead and we see many opportunities in the, the fertility stack is what we call it, where we can bring the same thoughtfulness, the same technical capabilities to improve the overall level of service. What happens once they send in their sample and the test has been done and the results come back? Like what is the next action? So I know one is freeze, wait till later, but what if they're in the middle of undergoing fertility treatments? Like I'm assuming there's some sort of results they get back and recommendations mm -hmm. that you give. So how does that happen? And then are there gaps the consumer should be aware of on things they need to do regardless of the results that come in from daddy? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the you know, one thing that's, that's always worth um, disclosing and outlining is a single collection doesn't always directly indicate or give a signal to the overall level of fertility because there's a number of factors that go in um, to, that, to that collection. So we actually do have a number of different members and customers who actually, you know, perform a test and then they'd like to do it again and maybe do it again in, in another six months. So the, the timeline here is, is, is quite important. But fundamentally, for us, and this is an area that we want to continue to develop in, when someone gets the report back, we outline in a kind of customer-focused, easy to digestible way what their overall re results were. And then we compare those results against the World Health Organization fifth edition, which is kind of the standard bearer of uh, male fertility um, uh, um, uh, percentiles. Now, you know, one of the things that at Daddy we're trying to actively think about and work on is, is there a better way of displaying that information? So one thing that's worth calling out is if you look at the World Health Organization's fifth edition, you know, the percentiles and the ranges that they've ultimately outlined are, are pretty um, misaligned with the data that actually exists in the industry. And if you talk to a number of doctors, there's mixed opinions on the WHO. So we feel that there is a huge opportunity, again, on the kind of data and product side to bring a little bit more information to the space and ultimately provide more context to customers around the fertility report. That's what we hope to do. Today, uh, we do present the information. We try to give a relative range. Uh, we have capabilities internally to then um, help support. So we have you know, medical professionals on our side to help guide people through a number of questions. And then we also offer that wind fertility nurse service that allows people to actually get a detailed diagnostic and then be, be clearly pointed in the direction of how to take next steps in the, in the case that they want to do that. But to your earlier point, we think that there's a long way to go in ways that we can make this service more normalized and make the information more understandable for, for customers and members. How are the doctors perceiving um, results from the daddy kit and what challenges might the consumer face? And, and I'll give you an example of why I have to ask this question. When I started um, only 10 years ago, I had to paper chart my basal body temperature. And now 10 years later, there's like over a hundred apps where you can track it. And I remember going into a doctor's office and I was so proud. I had my chart so he can have my data and like what's going on with my fertility. And I bring it in my paper and he's like, I don't need to see that. I can tell you what you need to do. And because I'm so familiar with the medical profession, I left and went to another doctor. 
some may not feel so comfortable doing that. So what should the consumer be aware of that they may be facing with potential resistance for having such what I think is helpful information because it's a whole lot, whole lot better than a lot of nothing. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in the medical space in general, there are, I would say, like different classifications for, for physicians and their comfort for change. Um, you know, I think one of the things that we've been trying to be very thoughtful about is, you know, what is the physician experience um, when reviewing the report? So actually, when we generate the fertility report for, for members, um, if you scroll down to the very bottom, there's the ability to see a physician's report. And what we've actually done is we've taken the same information that's outlined in the customer report and we put it in the exact format that most doctors are actually comfortable looking at the data. And then we provide as much context and information there as possible. And the reaction so far has been quite positive. Uh, I mean, there are, there are individuals that do, um, you know, still question the importance of male factor infertility. Um, so really? that's the one. Oh, yeah, absolutely. There, there, there are those who still believe that male factor infertility really isn't an area that, that warrants this much attention. We, we have okay. different opinions, obviously. Good, good to know that. Okay. Consumer, I but, hope you're uh, listening. <laughs> but we also have, you know, a number of, of individuals in, in the medical field uh, that have been unbelievably supportive. You know, a, a really great example um, that we referenced is um, actually during COVID, uh, with everything shutting down, what ultimately ended up happening is a, a number of, if not most fertility centers ended up shutting down. And we actually had a number of medical institutions, John Hopkins actually being one of them, that reached out and said, hey, um, are you able to support our oncology group, for example, during this period, because our cryo lab is shut down. And ultimately, you know, cancer doesn't stop with COVID. Yep. Uh, and, you know, individuals before they begin chemo uh, are recommended to preserve their, uh, their sperm. Um, and their ability to procreate. So I think it's been, you know, it's been interesting. We certainly get some pushback from certain medical professionals, but I think overall there's actually been a, a fairly warm welcome, uh, strictly because we haven't done anything different on the medical side. Again, we try to follow absolute best practices that already exist in labs today. All that we've really tried to focus on is the customer experience, the collection experience, and then ways of communicating that data that's a little bit more approachable. So then back to the consumer journey. So women are in somewhat of a more fortunate position in the sense that, you know, if we are good about getting our annual exam, we have an OBGYN that we go to. When I was at the ASRM conference last year, one of the uh, clinicians who, by the way, was a man, he said, you know, based on what we know, men tend to go to a doctor when their mother, sister, daughter, wife tells them to go. So men don't have like a place outside of a, a primary care doctor. So if I'm proactive about my health and I order this daddy kit and I get these results and I want to do something outside of just freezing my sperm for one day, maybe when I want to have a child and I'm doing it because I just want to be proactive and test, I get these results. Do I hand them to my spouse and say, can you take this to your OBGYN? Do I say we should probably go see a reproductive endocrinologist? Do they take it to their PCP or urologist? Like, what, like what's the next step based on what you've seen? Because I'm sure you've, you've pathed out the consumer journey. So what does the man do? Because he doesn't really have a home for this, right? Yeah, no, it, it's a fantastic point. So all of the examples that you gave happen. We would ultimately recommend that based off of each individual case. I think the thing that's really important to recognize is and this, this shocked us. This was not part of the, the overall plan when we launched. But our youngest customers today are 17, or sorry, not 17, are in their teens. And our oldest customers are in their 70s. 
What? Yeah, so the spectrum is massive. And what that leads to are, you know, countless differentiated versions of life, life stage. You know, when, you, when, you, when we talk about what to do next, it really depends on each individual use case. But again, you know, we've tried to make it as easy as possible to download this information and print out this information to take it to different sources. And then as we've been adding capabilities to our own service, we have more and more opportunities to, to call up and speak to a nurse and understand what's next. So we are trying to bridge that gap between, you know, men not knowing what to do next and really never being proactive and trying to make it as simple as possible for them to get those answers. If you had your dream of how men view being proactive about their fertility, what would be your message to them? And, and I want to equate, so in, in the women's health space, I hate to say it, but I think um, there have been some aggressive marketing that I think has made um, egg freezing very fearful. I mean, we women already have a time clock. Um, we've been trained about this, this biological clock, and uh, I don't know why I called it a time clock. We've been trained about this biological clock that is ticking, you know, hurry, hurry, hurry. And now these companies are like, oh, by the way, we can help you hurry, 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 freeze your eggs now. It's very different for men. You know, it's, uh, you know, until recently, the data has been saying men can have kids until they're 70, no problem. There's so many, you know, bits of evidence around that. Now the data is starting to show that their fertility starts to decline. So I think men are on a very different trajectory than, than women have been but you're also very close to that male audience. And so based on some of the gaps you're seeing and the hopes that you do have, what would be that message today that you would want men to take away from this? We're, we're a very long-term focused company. So, you know, to your, to your point, we think that we're at the very start of this, of this, of this growing space. You know, if I was to kind of put my, my future forward hat on and, and, um, try to imagine a, a scenario that would kind of honor the importance of something like male factor infertility. So I would say like people today get braces to ensure that they can have straight teeth. The reality that we'd love to get to is for those men who are trying to be proactive about their health um, and they go and they get a physical for the subject of fertility or infertility to be discussed um, really during those sessions. You know, we really believe that all men, um, you know, when they get to the ages of kind of their early 20s, should really just take the, the, the step forward um, and get themselves tested, just determine what their optionality is in the future. You know, again, I don't want to, we, we try to resist um, fear-based approaches and trying to talk about a lot of this. It's hard to, to, um, to separate that sometimes, but, you know, one in 10 men are naturally infertile for example. And what that means is uh, their ejaculate could look completely normal. And we get, you know, uh, deposits that arrive at our lab every single day that look normal. But when you go under a microscope and you look there, there's actually no sperm. Um, and it's a spectrum, right? So, you know, these 10%, there, there could be cases where certain IBS procedures would allow them to procreate in the future. But I think the important point is understanding your optionality. Really, the best thing to do there is to do it as early as possible. If I was to, to make a wish and, and rub a magic lamp, I would say that, you know, when men get to the stage in life, let's say early 20s, where they're trying to understand their own biology and they're getting a, their first physical, for example, that, you know, doctors and physicians um, are educated and aware enough about the importance of determining their level of, of fertility at that stage. Um, that would probably be our, our genie magic lamp request. <laughs> Uh, but to your point, family planning really remains a kind of female-driven and led um, topic and category. 
so for us, we've really tried to um, you know, take our FAQ and take certain aspects of our website and, and cater them to a female audience and, and try to help them understand the male perspective um, through the female lens. And we work really hard of, of trying to, to improve that communication cycle all the time. But we certainly have a lot of women that engage with our service on behalf of their partner. One of the things just to kind of mention on the product side that I think is an important um, piece for the, the kind of male psychology, and, and maybe your, your audience would find it interesting, is you know, through the same lens of saying that men operate in this kind of blissful ignorance state, we actually believe that when a man orders daddy kit, they need to be rewarded for uh, that courage. Because ultimately, when you do complete the kit and you hand it off to FedEx, uh, you've exposed yourself. You've exposed yourself to the possibility of getting bad results. When if you had never completed the process, you would never even you know, run the risk of getting bad news. So we've really, really focused our energy on trying to honor um, that courage. And the best way that we've, we've found to, to be able to do that is a 24-hour turnaround. So, you know, I, I remember when I've done my own form of testing, you know, when I do my physical, for example, sometimes you're waiting a week, right, to get your results back. That entire week, depending on what you're getting tested, you could be stewing and, and waiting for those results. With the daddy kit and our service, we've made sure that, you know, within 24 hours, the next day, virtually, you are getting back your test results. And that's really a commitment to honor the courage um, for that individual stepping forward. It's an important insight because, um, you know, I can only imagine with, you know, the stigma that men face just generally in society and then trying to um, get them to do this test and waiting for the results. Um, so it's great that you really looked at the entire journey. Well, Tom, this has been such an incredibly helpful discussion, and I know it'll be valuable to the consumer. Yeah, that's so kind. And, and I'd just like to say, you know, for anyone who is, you know, watching or listening, you know, we've invested a lot of energy in trying to you know, build up our capabilities around education. So, you know, I invite anyone to go to daddykit.com, D-A-D-I-K-I-T, um, and then just shoot us a note, send us an email, um, call us, uh, send us a chat. Uh, we've really tried to, this quarter especially, beef up our ability to, to help those on the educational side. So we're here to, to help support, um, even in, the, in, in a situation where you're not trying to necessarily order a kit, or um, even if you don't necessarily have a male partner. Um, if you want to learn more, we're always available. And, and again, we're really trying to normalize this conversation. So, uh, so please reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks so much. Thank you for tuning in to this discussion on the FemPower Health podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to information that is referred to in this episode. And if you like this episode and found it timely and valuable, please take a moment to tell a friend or a colleague about FemPower Health. And right after this episode is over, please think of one person who might find this episode helpful and tell them about it. And if your friend is new to podcasting, please show them how to subscribe to our show. And another way to support FemPower Health Podcast is to leave a review where you listen to podcasts. And as a reminder, the information shared by FemPower Health is not medical advice, but for information purposes to enable you to have more effective conversations with your doctor. Always talk to your doctor before making health-related decisions. Additionally, the views expressed by the FemPower Health podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. See you next week.
And that wraps up another empowering session here at the FemPower Health Podcast. Now, before you dash off, I've got a quick, exciting invitation for you. Please join our vibrant community by subscribing to our weekly newsletter because it's really your frontline update on groundbreaking women's health research, the latest health-enhancing products, fun quizzes to boost your health IQ, and unique discoveries that you won't want to miss. All of this delivered straight to your inbox, cutting through the noise of social media algorithms. Love today's insights? Show your support by rating and reviewing our podcast. Your feedback is more than just a pat on our backs here at FemPower Health. It lights the way for others seeking guidance and community in their health journey, amplifying the voices that need to be heard. And for a deeper dive into today's topics, check out the show notes and explore our website at fempower-health.com. Our site is a treasure trove of knowledge, neatly categorized by topics of interest and life stages, ensuring you find exactly what you need to empower your health journey. And your voice matters to us deeply. Whether you have a question, a story to share, or feedback on our episodes, reach out directly at info at fempower-health.com. Drop us a message on social media or hit reply on any newsletter. Your insights inspire our conversations. And a quick note, the knowledge we share is here to embolden you in discussions with your healthcare provider. It's not medical advice. Always consult with your doctor for health decisions. And remember, the diverse perspectives of our guests reflect their individual journeys, and it's not an endorsement by FemPower Health. Here's to empowering your health journey one episode at a time, and I'll see you on the next FemPower Health podcast episode.